You are Locked On Hornets, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. In a minute, cuz, we live. We live. It's Locked On Hornets. Today's episode is brought to you by Michelob Ultra at only 2.6 carbs and 95 calories. It's only worth it if you enjoy it. You can stay tuned for the ultra moment of the year coming up later in the episode pretty soon. We're part of the Locked On Podcast Network. It's your team every day. Local experts on the number one daily sports podcast network. And you can subscribe to the podcast on iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify, wherever you get them. You can follow us on Twitter at Walker Mail, at Not of the Scribe, and at Locked On Hornets, where you could have found our poll for Michelob Ultra Player of the Year. We went through Miles Bridges first, then Terry Rozier, then LaMelo Ball. We also did honorable mentions where we put PJ Washington, Stretch, Malik Monk in there, Gordon Hayward for having a good year. And we'll actually get to our Gordon Hayward player evaluation. That's going to be today. Tomorrow, I didn't talk to you about this, Nada, so I'll do it now in front of all the people. I figured we can do our mailbag tomorrow. Mm-hmm. We've got a lot of questions to get to. Yeah, let's do it. To- yeah, we got a lot. We got a lot to get cool. to tomorrow. Yeah, cool. let's do it. And uh, we got a lot of questions. So you put that out there. I know the Twitter account also put that out there. We got a lot of uh, questions on the Hornets, the draft, even a couple of fun ones sprinkled in there. So we should have enough to go for a mailbag edition tomorrow. But let's go ahead and dive into the results for the Michelob Ultra Player of the Year for the Charlotte Hornets. Now, remember, a lot of this, you could evaluate it however you wanted to, whether you viewed it as the top player. You could view it where maybe you're putting the tagline in. It's only worth it if you enjoy it. Who's the guy that got you on your feet most of the time this year, made you so excited watching him play. So you could go to the more exciting part of all of this, which I think does matter, specific to Michelob Ultra's Mm -hmm. defining player of the year. Maybe you just wanted to say who was the best. That's what got me excited. Who was the guy that led you in wind shares, led you in PER, led you in VORP, Legit in Raptor, whatever advanced stats that you want to more meaningful. You mean the joyless people? Because there were there, there there was one particular that was really joyless about this entire thing. Like, thank you, Mister Joyless Stat Sheet guy, because you provided like no fun. Like, you managed to kill the party. You were you, sir, were the turd in the punch bowl. Congratulations! Oh, wow. Is that where you went? Um, yeah. Well, I mean, yeah, and <laughs> so. Yeah, I know who you're talking about. I guess I'll let you call about if you want to, but no, like he, he, no, no, they're he not worth other again, sub 700 fo- follower guy getting a mention on this podcast. No, they're not worth gracious. it. Well, but the thing is like he put in, he put Gordon Hayward, Devonte Graham, Monk and PJ said they were all better And Gordon Hayward. You could certainly agree with because of what. Gordon Hayward, you know, did before the season and the other guys, they certainly had really impressive stretches defensively. You know that I think those guys have higher upside. I'm hell. I'm president of the Malik Monk and PJ Washington fan club. So look, man, I feel you. Um, but there was the joy part of all of this that you could say was evaluated with some of these players. And we put LaMelo, Terry Rozier, Miles Bridges and other up there. And these are the results. LaMelo ball. Got 43% of the vote. He comes in as the winner. Yeah. Terry Rozier got 29% of the vote. Miles Bridges got 24% of the vote. And other only got 4%. So maybe you decided to go with Gordon Hayward. Maybe you thought Malik... Ma- I mean, if we're going to go with the definition of exciting, Malik was exciting in quite a, a few moments this year, too. So maybe maybe you just love him so much. Maybe you are within my club of the Malik Monk fan club. That's so much so that you wanted to vote him there. But 4% um, was tabbed to other. But LaMelo wins. Not a... Um, 
What did you want to say about these results? Lamelo wins with 43%, about 200 votes coming in. I am one. I am surprised that Lamelo was kind of the runaway. Two, the Rogier love or lack thereof of Rogier love is kind of a shock to me. I'm not yeah, going to lie to you. It was a third of the vote. Like, granted, I, I mean, I. Yeah, it was a third of the vote, but at the same time, the fact that Miles Bridges was that close in there, despite the fact that, yes, it sparks joy as well. Like, there was a bunch of this that, make, that while it made sense, the other part was just like the, just for me, I would not have, like, Miles Bridges won because of literally the Clint Capella dunk for me. So therefore, you know what? I'm okay with that. However... I am I am surprised that Rozier didn't get more love. There were some folks that, that were in my mentions that did say for them it was Rozier and it wasn't close. And Rozier, if we're honest, had the most unassailable case, and none of neither one of us on this podcast mentioned it. Like that's the crazy part to this whole thing. Like we could have said, hey, look, um, Rozier's done the most. He was like literally we overlooked Old Steady for the good, exciting thing, and. I feel bad, but at the same time, sorry, not sorry. You know what I mean, uh, Walker? Like, yeah, I don't I am, think there's anything to apologize for. Honestly, I'm, I'm surprised that you're surprised just because if, if you would have asked me who I, how I thought the results would come in, I mean, it's almost a spitting image of what I thought was going to happen. I thought most people would vote for LaMelo because he's the rookie. He's the best rookie that we've had in quite some time as far as having the potential superstar power. Also, Terry Rozier was hitting a lot of clutch buckets in the first half, had a really strong, big portion of the season, uh, the guy hitting a lot of three pointers. And so I expected him to come in second. I thought Miles might finish somewhat of a close third. And I thought others would just get a kind of straggling vote here and there. But other than that, I thought yeah. that they would come in pretty, pretty similar to what we did get. So, um, so yeah, for, for me, I'm not a surprise, but you know, Miles Bridges, maybe you thought the Capella dunk was so good that he should just get all of the votes. Anybody that decided to vote on this, he should have gotten more. <laughs> uh, I mean, yeah, I guess a couple percentage points. Miles, Miles certainly took a turn for the better this season and we'll see what happens to him going forward with the Charlotte Hornets team. We'll see about the extension that could come his way, whether he just says, you know what, I'm going to play it out and then we'll see if he's a Hornet long-term some exciting stuff to talk about in the future for miles bridges let's move on to the player evaluation and go to the ultra moment of the year and i'll put one out there where gordon hayward was signed somewhat unexpectedly there were reports coming in that maybe mm -hmm. he could come in that you know, maybe he could come in to the charlotte hornets organization maybe a couple of days before the signing but I think overall, we didn't expect that at the beginning of the offseason. We didn't expect some big splash to be made by Mitch Kupchak, and they announced it. I think, I guess it was like, what, November or something like that, where they decide yeah. that they go after Gordon Hayward, and it was after the Mellow Ball selection, so many people thought maybe you put in a veteran of that magnitude on this roster to help a rookie, somebody that can facilitate, and you get somebody that has the ability to score 20 points per game on high efficiency, just like he did the year before it was a big contract I didn't agree with it at the time I know you changed your mind on you were not happy at first then you changed your mind on it um, you know he got injured missed a decent portion of the season that was always a risk when you handed him that contract but he clearly is when healthy not a like we can do the Michelob ultra player of the year type of stuff but he was pretty clearly the best yeah. player on the floor in my opinion when you watched him play at full health this season 
Yeah, no, no, he absolutely was. Like, when we talk about a moment, signing Gordon Hayward changed everything. It changed the trajectory. And you could make a case that it showed the locker room, hey, we're not just going to let you figure this out. We're going to give you guys that'll help elevate your floors and get everybody a little bit more notoriety instead of fumbling around the dark trying to get to 20, 22 wins. Like, at this point... I do, like I said, there's a lot about this moment that I do respect. There's a lot about Gordon Hayward, and you're right. I wasn't a fan of this, but it turns out that, like, you kind of had to. If you read the tea leaves on this, the Gordon Hayward signing was kind of necessary because, unfortunately, there were people that were tired of losing. Miles Bridges was one of them. So if you put guys in there that want to win, that want to make something of themselves and make something of their career and not waste years while the – while the franchise figures it out, like the Gordon Hayward thing is a moment that I don't think we talk about nearly enough because that could be, that is a depth, uh, that is a franchise defining moment. We just don't know which way it goes. Yeah, just I mean, yet. he's still got three years left on his contract, making 30 million a year. So we'll see. We'll actually evaluate Gordon Hayward more on this podcast with this player capsule. It's brought to you by Michelob Ultra. That moment signing Gordon Hayward that kind of started maybe a different pathway for the Charlotte Hornets at only 2.6 carbs and 95 calories. It's only worth it if you enjoy it. Thanks again to Michelob Ultra. We'll evaluate Gordon Hayward the next two segments coming up next on the Lockdown Hornets podcast. This is Locked on Hornets. I said, oh, oh, hell yeah. Just giving that confirmation of how awesome this is going to be. You tweeted at me. You're going to be singing the chorus to Billie Jean if you ain't careful. <laughs> and Again, I point to the lie. Yes, I. You're, well, yeah, you're right. This goes back to our first conversation. There's a yes, lot of babies does. being exactly. had out there. Goodness gracious. <laughs> unexpected exactly. ones. Point ones to that the lie. It's time for more of the Locked on Hornets podcast. One reason to repair and maintain your cars is to save money that you can then use for other important things like the mortgage or your food. Pretty important stuff. So why would you choose to spend up to 100% more for the exact same auto parts at a chain store or a new car dealership? The rockauto.com catalog is unique and remarkably easy to navigate. Quickly see all the parts available for your vehicle and choose the brands, specifications, and prices you prefer. Best of all, prices at rockauto.com are always reliably low and the same for professionals and do it yourselfers so why spend up to twice as much for the same auto parts go to rockauto.com right now and see all the parts available for your car or your truck right locked on in there how did you hear about us box so they know we sent you amazing selection reliably low prices all the parts your car will ever need rockauto.com let's go with the overall stats on gordon hayward this season he averaged 19 and a half points per game he shot 50 percent from two point range. He shot uh 47.3% overall from the field. He shot 41.5% from three that came on 4.7 attempts per game. He played 34 minutes per contest. And this might be the most interesting stat for his season. He only played 44 contests out of the 72 total this season. He played 52, I believe out of the, what, how many, how many did they play last year? Nada. Was it, was it about 70 was something like that? Yes. So, so he missed a decent portion of games that season. We know in 2017, his first year with Boston, he had that gruesome injury five minutes into the debut. And he only played that game to come back the next year knock some rust off. And then here he is um, still a very good basketball player. So Gordon Hayward, 
If you look at the first half of the season, this guy had a very legitimate case to be an all-star. You know, Terry Rozier, mm-hmm. I think a lot of people fell in love with him because of his shot making. And he was at least mentioned, I, not so seriously for me, but he was mentioned mm-hmm. as maybe a guy to keep an eye on somewhat. I know Zach Lowe mentioned him in a podcast. That's just somebody at the top of my head that I remember mentioning it. But Gordon was a guy that you could put that case up against other players in the Eastern Conference and say, yeah, it's, it's mm-hmm. tough to separate him. You know, he was shooting at high efficiency, averaging more than 20 points per game at that certain time that we were kind of talking about it started to slip a little missed maybe a couple of games here and there. He missed the game against Toronto on January 14th. He didn't dress against the Spurs. That was on February 14th. So, you know, not too many games. He also missed a game February 28th and March 1st. I believe that would have been after, um, I think it was after the all-star break if I'm not mistaken, but whatever. Um, so, you know, you know, Gordon banged up a little, but when he did play Nada, like maybe you didn't, maybe he wasn't as aggressive in some stretches. He had that one portion where he played, um, where he had nine points, 25 the next game against Sacramento, but then seven against Denver, then seven against the LA Lakers, 17 against the Clippers in that bad loss by 27 points, um, eight points a couple of games later against Houston, right? Like, so there, there was a portion there yeah. where he wasn't being as aggressive and he wasn't as offensively involved as we wanted him to. But it goes back to what I said leading into this segment. Clearly the best basketball player on this team, somebody that just gets to his spots at will. Um, not the craziest athlete in the world, but good, right? Like he's got some springs. Yeah, he's a yeah, floor racer. Yeah, we, we got, we got to see him, you know, slam it on. Uh, I forget what game that was, but that was a fun dunk and transition where he jams it. You know, we just see him hit at a high clip from three. Like the, the guy's just rock solid and he, he can give you 20 any game and maybe even 30. Yeah, no, that's one of those where he he raises the floor. He does exactly what you ask him to do. He, quote, unquote, understands the assignment like every like all the kids are saying right now. At this point, he's one of the guys that because you mentioned it earlier, he flirted with 50, 40, 90 to begin the season. Like he was a very integral part. And granted, there were times where he would fade into the background. If I'm honest, that's the only time I really had an issue with him is because he just faded into the background. He didn't do much. But I just remember the, the game against the Knicks where he helped blow. Again, he was just he just chose violence on that day. And we're talking about that. We're talking about other moments where he just elevated the floor. And I just remember, if anything, I remember the last game he played of the season against the Pacers where he was the basically he was the steadying force for all of this. And then what did he do? He just did what he could. He didn't take what he didn't force shots. He wasn't aggressive, but at the same time, he just moved the ball. He wasn't a liability on defense, and he just gave you everything you expected. It's one of those scenarios where if you didn't pay attention to the contract, like you would think that was like there were really wouldn't be a complaint against Gordon Hayward on this season outside of the fact that he just really can't stay healthy. And that's not necessarily his fault. Right. Uh, This is someone that, you know, look, I didn't like the contract. I still don't love it. We've got three years of paying him big boy money, but if he can give you high level basketball, then okay. You know, okay. Right. Like I I would like for him to play more than maybe 55 to 60% of the games. I'm hoping that we can get to, you know what, at least three quarters. If he plays 75% of a regular season every single year, is that worth $30 million a year? You know, still a little too much for me, but 
again, you can rely on him in the half court. You can get him going offensively when things get stagnant. It, if LaMelo ball is taking bad shots or Malik or somebody like you can depend on Gordon to get you a pretty decent shot with his, you know, cr- because his ability to create, um, you know, there he can back cut pretty well and, and some guys can find him. Um, so look, Gordon Hayward really was very good for the Charlotte Hornets this season. And it's unfortunate. He's the only reason why we didn't put him as a feature on the poll. Uh, the injury is the only reason we didn't put him as a feature on the poll 44 games, just a little too, a uh, little of, of, uh, of a amount of games that he played this season. So we'll see. We'll see about Gordon Hayward going forward. Um, we can talk about his future with the team in the next segment. Bet online is the fastest and the easiest way to bet on all your sports action. Don't sit on the sidelines anymore. This is your chance to get into the game as teams prep for their runs to the playoffs, or maybe even you want to bet on the NBA finals. They've got that too. Head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Bet online, your online sportsbook expert, promo code locked on. We'll talk a little about the finals, give our final thoughts too on Gordon Hayward coming up next on the Lockdown Hornets podcast. This is Locked On Hornets. February is Black History Month and the Lockdown Podcast Network is honoring the challenges and success of black men and women in sports with a new series called Locked On Presence more than God almighty. <laughs> Keep this Pres- you're, you're not deleting this at all. This is going to end up being a, a, a bit. I promise you. It's going to no. no, be a bump. It's going to be a bump. Let it, let it, just let it be. It's time for more of the Locked on Hornets podcast. It's the road to the finals or our finals coverage now. And it's brought to you by, you guessed it, Michelob Ultra, 2.6 carbs, 95 calories. It's only worth it if you enjoy it. You've heard it before, but it's so damn good. I'll read it to you again. And so our finals coverage is brought to you once again by Michelob Ultra. They play again tonight, Nada. The Suns took a game one lead, one to nothing lead now going into game two tonight. I think 9 p.m. tip off once again with it being in Phoenix. Chris Paul, Devin Booker, they had their way in the pick and roll screening, whether it was drop coverage, whether they were switching under Mike Boonholzer, it didn't matter. The backcourt was able to kill him and so was DeAndre Ayton. Jay Crowder, he goes over from the field and yet still you feel like his presence is felt with that Phoenix Suns team. Cam Johnson, a guy that people mocked for going as high as he did, mocked Phoenix for that. He has been very good in this postseason. Um, with all that being said, at least Giannis looked pretty good given a hyper extension yeah. that he had just what, like a week and a half ago, certainly in that Hawks, uh, Hawks series. What do you think about Milwaukee's chance to get back in this thing and win game two tonight? I think there's, I think it's a better than 50, 50 chance because it's the NBA Walker. Do I think the Suns are the better team? Yes. Do I think they're the better coach team? Yeah. But at the same time, the probably the best player on the floor is Giannis. Like that's the thing. Giannis can do some stuff. He, like we act like he's not above putting up a 30-20 line to, tonight to bring this series even and go back to Milwaukee 1-1. Like that's possible, but the problem is he's got to be superhuman to do it. And I kind of expect that on top of the fact that like you said, he hyperextended a need last like again a week and change ago and at this point looks like he's never missed a beat. So there's a lot of this that doesn't like feel good about. 
I, I don't feel great about saying Milwaukee can win tonight, but at the same time, it wouldn't surprise me if they if they do because, quite honestly, Giannis is that good. And I think one thing that we have to stop doing is we stop have to we have to stop conflating athletic skill or athletic ability and skill and the the fact that some guys have to do less just to be effective. That's just being big in the NBA. Like, he's again, we're not going to expect Giannis to have crossover fadeaways. We're not going to expect him to hit threes. But what he's really, really good at, he's really, really elite at. And I think we need to stop extrapolating, okay, this guy's only good at one thing, except if he's really, really elite at it. So there's a lot of stuff that I think we do have to let go. So, But I expect I expect Milwaukee to tie the series up. One. <sighs> I'm going to go with Phoenix again. I think the free throw disparity between the two, I forget who tweeted this out, but Phoenix has been one of the best free throw shooting teams. They've been the best in the postseason, and they've been one of the best that we've seen in quite a while. I think this is the biggest disparity. Maybe it's Josh Eberle who tweeted this out, actually. is a pretty good stat. I think the percentage difference between both of these teams is the biggest it's been since the LA Lakers came in down 20 percentage points to the Indiana Pacers. And of course that's because of Shaquille O'Neal and his percentage being so bad, Mm -hmm. but this, this is a 16% uh, point difference. It was 20 between the LA Lakers and the Indiana Pacers. I think that matters. I think especially when your star is, is Giannis and we don't expect Giannis to average 38 points per game in that series, like Shaq did against Indiana. So I think that matters. I think drew holiday offensively, I don't trust him on that side of the floor. Uh, you know, not not to be in cons- not to be consistent at least. I think Chris Middleton he might give you a great game, and yet it might still not matter. DeAndre Ayton just doesn't shoot anything below seventy percent in any game in the postseason, so you don't expect him to do that in this one. I, maybe they put Drew Holiday more on Chris Paul. They should. They, they should. They probably they, should. They should have him fight through some of those screens. And look, I know that hedging is still something Chris Paul can take advantage of, but you can't allow Chris to just pick what defender he wants to attack. A- at least make him go to his second or third option. Like no. We're, we're, we're going to get Drew on you. Maybe you try to beat this hedge and make a scramble, but you're not just going at Bobby Portis and Brooke Lopez willy-nilly anymore. I, 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 no, that, exactly. That's or at least make them work with, with – or at least make them work with Giannis on the other end of that because at least if it's Giannis, he can at least make people think, okay, what do I do now? Because right now at this point, allowing bigs – allowing these guards to either have a warm-up – Mid, mid-range jumper or having the big of their choice in a flam in just a uh, ballet buffet I like I'm not sure that you can do that either way and survive I do think that there's adjustment that needs to be made I, I, like the only question is and I know you have that same question do you trust bud to make it and I'm not sure I do Yeah. And I even understand that Phoenix is just that good offensively. And it's really hard. Like don't, you know, Mike Boonholzer has not been a good coach in the playoffs. Um, I I give him credit for at least trying to adjust this year, different than what he did the last two years, but obviously trying getting good enough. And we'll see if, if he's able to figure anything out against a really talented Phoenix offense. All right. Final thoughts on Gordon Hayward, not going forward with three years left on his deal. Um, you know, there was a couple of Gordon Hayward questions that we've been getting in the mailbag and we can address those in detail more so, but a couple of them involve trading him. I think one involves no. him. Um, you know, one question that we got in that, um, we can address again tomorrow, but 
is he a veteran signing that can help uplift the young players on this roster in a very, very light version, like what Chris Paul did for Phoenix, just because they're in the storyline. Is there that local angle here for Gordon Hayward? Again, very light version of that. Has he already done that? Just your overall thoughts on Gordon and what he could do in the next three years on his contract and what Charlotte might do with him. Quite honestly, if you want me to, you want to point to the impact of Gordon Hayward, I'd look at Miles Bridges. Miles Bridges being able to create create off both hands is a byproduct of being around Gordon Hayward. I'm convinced of that. Can't anybody tell me any different? So for right now, for what he does, that is a very big impact. And honestly, that's what you expect for. It's those unseen things for the $30 million, like the expectations, the preparation, how people, how players are expected to prepare is a very, very big thing. So if you're going to tell me that he's not make, if he, you only expect the on-court performance for him, I, I really think you're shortchanging it just a little bit. The other thing is, and people have brought up this trade thing, and we'll probably get get into this all summer. I don't see them trading him mainly because I don't think people have done the mental gymnastics that if you're talking about potentially trading a guy that we're talking again we're talking about a guy that you're tr- talking about trading that wanted to be here that wanted to participate that wanted to be part of well this, he wanted to be with indiana first they just the he money did. was better here the money well it's a business I, I understand it's a business but at the same time charlotte's not in the bi- it, like you can't be in the habit of trading guys that kind of want to be here even if you paid them like that's a that's a label that this organization has yet to really shake if you think about it they really don't have a great label going back to the Gerald Wiles, Wallace days and then that's that's before we even get to the Kemba Walker days if we're talking about those two instances right now like I don't I think there needs to be a conversation about how to shake this reputation that they have and unfortunately for right now that I, I just don't think you can trade him. I don't think it's realistic to trade him. And I also think if they're going to trade him, it has to be a conversation between both parties. And he's going to have to express, yes, I want out of here after one Yeah, year. I just think that's the, ti- the only way I think. The timeline's just weird now. You know, like you're, you're in this. It's not a bad middle road because you're still trying to climb from the bottom up in a rebuild. And that's how you've kind of gotten in the middle where when you had Kimba, where you had Nick Batum, where you had those contracts on the roster, you were just staying mad stagnant and there wasn't any room for improvement because you were so cap strapped. But now what you are is you're building with nice pieces on rookie contracts and you have a big boy contract with Gordon Hayward. You get some flexibility with Terry Rozier being pretty damn valuable in the NBA right now. Um, and, and also having one year left on his deal. So just an expiring contract is pretty valuable. Like you've got flexibility more so this season with guys on rookie contracts and yeah, you've got some decisions to make for the future, but it, it's just an, an overall better situation. Cause it was so hellish in the rich Cho era before we got to Mitch cup check. So when you're talking about trading Gordon Hayward, I'm with you in that it doesn't align with what the Charlotte Hornets thought. So what, what you're thinking is you trade Gordon Hayward for, you know, I'll just, I think it was uh, our buddy, Eric Barnes, who tweeted at us a couple of times. Shout out to him. I think that's right. But he tweeted out, would you consider Gordon Hayward for number seven and a James Wiseman? So, okay, I get the sentiment, but I don't think that matches the Hornets timeline because, okay, here you bring in James Wiseman. Yes, there's a need for a center, but he pretty clearly still 
has a long way to go. And do you want to take that step backwards, even with LaMelo Ball on your roster, have the number seven overall pick, which, yeah, he might hit. That would be great. He might not. But you're giving up 20 points a game, even with an injury history that scares you. 20 points a game on close to 50% from the field shooting and 40% from three. Like, he's someone that can help you win right now. And I think that's what the Hornets are wanting to do. And so that's my point. It's not necessarily yeah, I agree. my perception of it on what I would do, but this is the bed they made for themselves when they go out and they get Gordon Hayward on 30 mil a year. Um, no, and, it and is. So that's, and, and I think, I think best case scenario for this team trying to climb into the playoffs and win a series is the young guys improve. LaMelo takes an all-star rise. We don't have to expect him to go Luca level where he's an MVP candidate by his second year, but is LaMelo flirting or even getting to an all-star game next season where Gordon Hayward gives you the same kind of numbers, but misses out just because there's better players, but still he's rock solid. PJ and miles are still really good role players, right? Like that's best case scenario to me, nada. And, and I, I like that, you know, I like the way that is moving because you're hoping those young guys continue to improve and you get some cap flexibility with Terry Rozier's expiring contract. I think that's the best version. I think Gordon Hayward plays a significant part of that. No, he absolutely does. And I think one thing that you didn't mention about the trade, it, like, how are you explaining this trade? And I guess that's my thing. How are you explaining this trade to the guys that want to win? Like, you're trading a guy for a young guy that clearly can't help you take the next step. So explaining that, because I think fans sometimes, and I do think media sometimes too, forget that this is a people business. At some point, you have to explain your work. And how are you going to explain it to a Miles Bridges that clearly has said for the last two years, I want to win, and Gordon Hayward is the best way to get me to win? Like, how are you explaining well, and, that? And with the players that are considered the young rising stars now getting a little bit froggier and froggier earlier in their career, like Zion, like Luca, does LaMelo, who could be outspoken on this, let's say they have another bad year, but LaMelo's awesome. You don't want to write like I, Mitch Kupchak in that yeah. front office. They have to be mindful of that. It, it's just the atmosphere of the NBA today. All right. I got to go. We got to have this hard stop right now, but it was a good, good episode with Gordon Hayward. And thank you guys for joining us. Thanks to Michelob Ultra for sponsoring the show. Remember, we've got a mailbag episode. Get your questions in. Feel free at Lockdown Hornets, at Walker Mail, at Not of the Scribe. We've already got a bunch, but we can save them. We can get to them, maybe even give you two mailbag episodes. Hell, we are the master of our domain. Thanks again for joining us. We'll be back with you for one more episode on the week tomorrow. <laughs>